Salutations and proclamations, it is I, it is you, it is us, it is we. Together, we make up the organic and digital family known as the Daylight Fit Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you. I'm your host, Philly's number one son, aka The Body Alchemist, bringing you another podcast excursion. Today, I have an awesome guest with me. Uh, with us here uh, And it's going to be such a great podcast I'm, I'm very pleased about this For those that tune in You know that we here at the Daylight Fit Podcast Scour the globe, the world Looking for people who are passionate about health and fitness And the 360 um, parameters and, and that we promoted Which is, for those that are tuning in Maybe it's your first time For us, fitness and health is not just uh, separate parameters fitness is not just the fact that you are able to lift a certain amount of weight health is not just the fact that the doctor says that you have no elements it goes in again the 360 degree circle in which we believe goes with physical mental spiritual and everything in between so if it deals with the fact of you're having a financial problem that's going to affect your health uh, if it deals with the fact that you're having an emotional mental problem that's going to affect your health and your body if you're having uh, physical problems that affects everything else everything is 360 degrees and blends into one fine unit so we're constantly looking at people who can help uh, promote this who can help share information to help the listeners you out there better human beings um and i'm always excited to do this show and you know we've had coaches physical trainers we've even had two former american ninja athlete uh, uh, uh competitors on the show and now now we have an athlete with a unique job and sport you see this individual his job is to teach people to make other people submit that's right this athlete is a professional in the knockout arts <laughs> we're talking about brazilian jiu-jitsu stylist and coach mr caleb McAllister. he is going to be with us he's going to be talking about how health and fitness is not only relative and paramount to his uh his sport his his job but also to his everyday life and how it affects him as well as his family so please tune in and enjoy that also later and uh, as always in our segment we are going to have the dropping the jewels segment which i don't know who we're gonna have you know we always like to bring a special guest rather i'll say i know who we're gonna have i just always like to have it as a surprise for you all so tune in stay tuned we're gonna have the dropping the jewels segment soon but as always thank you for joining us and guess where you're at you're with us the day Love fit podcast the day Love fit podcast is brought to you by supporters like you please like follow share and subscribe to the day Love fit podcast we're here because of listeners like you thank you you're now tuned into the day Love fit podcast hello anyone out there they Love fit podcast do exist. We're back. I have with me today Brazilian Jiu Jitsu stylist, coach, Mr. Caleb McAllister. Caleb, are you on the line? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Hey, it's great to have you, sir. So, first things first, how long have you studied? Give us give us some background on yourself and how you got started in mixed martial arts. Well, when I was a kid, I would do, you know, a Taekwondo class here and there. I think most kids probably do a little martial arts off and on, but it was something that I was all that serious about. Um, probably around, I'd say, late teens is when I started to get a little bit more serious about it. Um, got hooked up with, like, a serious gym that, you know, had serious coaches that could kind of push me to get a little bit more, uh, you know, technical in my abilities and eventually kind of figure out that I actually had a knack for it and could maybe earn a living doing it. So I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu along with quite a few other martial arts probably for about 15 years now. I'm 31, so I started 
getting serious about it around 16, 17 years old. So, so what attracted you? Like, I mean, I mean, I know um, a lot of us at that young age were attracted. For me, it was Bruce Lee. Um, I actually, absolutely, you know, I, uh, comically um, and ironically, I had uncles that were training in the martial arts, boxing, mm-hmm. wrestling, uh, uh, kung fu. So those were my um, role models. But like I said, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. What drew you? To the martial arts what was like wow i have to do this well it's funny that you bring up bruce lee because he is a huge role model of mine and i think a lot of people that love the martial arts would say that you know as much yes. as i enjoy you know jackie chan donnie yen jet lee all pretty much all of them the you know big movie martial artists there's something a little bit special about bruce lee and i think for me it was the emphasis on practicality on taking what works abandoning what doesn't and that was always something that was extremely appealing to me um, because my background is heavily focused on, you know, self-defense, not solely on competing in the ring, even though that's why I earn my living. It's all about what you can do to be able to protect yourself in, you know, a self-defense situation. And his whole emphasis was very heavily focused on that, not just on doing stuff that looks flashy and cool on, on the movie screen, but on what would actually work in the real world, you know? Right, right. Now, now, how many fights have you had, or how 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 long have you been um, uh, in competition? Because I know you're a coach. That's why I'm asking this question. Yes. So, well, I competed uh, in the work in the MMA, you know, mixed martial arts world for probably about ten years. Okay. And then I shifted a little bit of my focus more towards the submission grappling world, which for those of you who aren't uh, familiar, basically like wrestling, but the goal is not to pin your opponent to put the shoulders on the mat. The goal is to cast a joint lock or a silk fold that makes your opponent tap out. So it's a little bit of a different rule set, but similar concept. Um, and that started becoming, you know, much more popular probably within the last few years right. where there was some decent money to be made in that world. Um, compared to the MMA world. So MMA is always going to be my first love, but, you know, my wife and I had our first kid uh, two years ago. We have our second on the way. Congratulations. And thank you. I appreciate it. We're excited. But, you know, the the finances obviously become more of a priority, and I kind of had to go where the money was, you know? Right. Understand. Understand. So in MMA, I probably competed between amateur, semi-pro, and pro. I probably competed about 20 times, something like that. Wow. Um, and it's submission grappling. And up heavy. It's got to be a couple of hundred by now. Okay. So, so which kind of segues into one of my first questions, which is, what does health and fitness mean to you inside and outside of me? Because, you know, um, focus of our show is always uh, holistically what fitness is. So, you know, right. like I said, we've had so many different types of uh, athletes and trainers on the show. But for you, it's obviously got to mean something quite differently besides just a regular day-to-day. Sure. I mean, I think I, I could probably approach that question, like you said, two different angles, you know, from a competitive standpoint as an athlete and from a lifestyle standpoint just as a day-to-day human being. Mm-hmm. Um, as a competitor, I, I always joke, but it's only half kidding. I would say the only thing I'm good at is cardio. I have competed against much more opponent, much more experienced, much more technically gifted opponents through my entire career. I was always taking on people who had had a lot more experience than I had. And I always knew for a fact, no matter how good they are, they will get tired before I will. So that was always a huge psychological edge for me going in. Like, I don't care if I'm getting the crap beat out of me. He's going to get tired. Like, I'll get my turn. So for me, that was a huge motivator in practice, in in training, to push myself absolutely to the limit of how hard I could possibly go, because I knew that that was going to be one of the very few things that I could control. You know, I can't control whether my opponent's faster than me, or more skillful than me, or more experienced than me, or frankly, I can't control whether he's better than me, but I can control whether I'm better prepared or I'm better conditioned than he is. So for me, that was a very big confidence booster going in, knowing he will slow down and I won't. Um, so that was a big psychological edge, not just the physical edge, but a big psychological psychological edge for me, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I, actually, I was going to ask you, how do you translate that to your everyday lifestyle? Because that's an interesting uh, mindset because you're you're basically taking control of which you know you can't control, which is you and right. your your conditioning, right. your your mindset. So how does that transfer over into your everyday lifestyle as well? Well, you're absolutely right that there is very little that we are actually able to control in this world. Very um, 
but myself, who I am as a person, what I choose to do with the time and energy that I have to spend every day. That's one of the few things that I actually can control. I can't control anybody else. I can't control what they do. I can't control most of my life circumstances, mm-hmm. but I can control myself. So for me, speaking just as a, a human being, not as uh, an athlete, you know, not everybody's going to have the their full-time job be exercising or exercise-related. Right. But even if you're, you know, an accountant or a doctor or, you know, one of a million different things that may not be all that physically demanding, I still think it's incredibly valuable, both physically and mentally, to find time to make your health and your fitness a priority. It doesn't mean that it's six hours a day. It may be 20, 30 minutes. I mean, that's infinitely better than nothing. But not only will it make you feel better, it will it will just have an impact on you mentally that you feel the the world is just far more it's it's able to be taken on in a far more realistic way. As opposed to simply sitting on the couch as soon as you get home and eating Cheetos. You know what I mean? Right, right, definitely. Which um I have to ask you this because that segues. A lot of the uh, individuals that we talk to and uh, we communicate with, even who uh, call the show, the listeners, um, we're always trying to help to change the mindset of how people value yeah. and see health and fitness. So, yes. for me personally, when I'm you know talking to clients and things like that, I've, I've taken out the words uh, uh, training and workout. That's for my clients because... Because of the negative connotation. Exactly, exactly. I feel a lot of people feel like, you know, work, train, things like that. For me, it's play. It's no different than going back to the playground. How do you perceive it? Because, I mean, it's also part of your job. So how do you feel about it? How do you look at that? Well, you know, there's the old joke about, you know, being in shape is great, but have you ever tried, you know, keys or something like that? Like, Mm -hmm. I kind of look at it the other way around. I mean, yeah, I mean, junk food is great. It's nice to have a cheat meal every once in a while. But I think a lot of people have no idea how incredible it feels to be healthy. I think a lot of people have no idea what taking care of their health can feel like, the amount of energy just getting up with the, not the aches and pains and just general lethargy that that most people look at as part of their day-to-day life. I think it's kind of remarkable what people don't even know that they're missing in terms of that. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be a six hours a day thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, drudgery like you were saying. Right. You can find something that you love that will keep you active, that will have a remarkable impact on your life. I know a lot of people that I talk to, um, we use the, well, I just love myself the way I am line. And I don't quite understand. I mean, I understand where they're coming from, and I absolutely believe that you should love who you are as a person. Right. But it's, I always like think of it this way. If I had a friend of mine or a family member who was in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and somebody was, you know, if say it was a girl who was being beaten by an abusive spouse or boyfriend or something, right? he could say that he loved her all he wanted, but his actions would tell me that he didn't love her, because if he loved her, his actions would reflect it. So you can tell me that you love yourself all you want, but if you don't treat yourself in a way that reflects that you love yourself, well, then it's just words. So if you say you love yourself, but you never do anything active, you never eat anything healthy, well, you can say you love yourself, but your actions are not reflecting that you actually do. So I think if you love yourself, that's why you take care of yourself. It's not because you hate who you are or how you look. It's because you love who you are and want to treat yourself the best way that you're able. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I was having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, uh, October is anti-bullying month uh, for those that are listening. And uh, many we've talked about this on the podcast. And I was telling um, a friend of mine, we were talking about bullying. And I was saying that, you know, bullying takes place, you know, when your child takes place as we're older. But you have to stand up for yourself. If you don't stand up for yourself, absolutely, individuals will not respect you. Well, the funny thing of it is, is we won't take it closer. You know, as you were saying, we bully ourselves without even knowing it. You know, it's like just you don't love yourself. You know, you won't stand up for yourself. You got to start by standing up to yourself, which is that negative side of you, that lower self that we all have. All right. Yes. So I find it into you know um, uh, uh, ironic that you brought it up because that is where it all starts. It all starts with self. Um, I agree, Caleb. 
question. What's your daily routine? What do you do to keep yourself at tip-top shape? Well, see, and again, I would say keep in mind that this is my job, so I, you know, I encourage everybody that I know to take care of their health and to be active. But that doesn't mean that I think everybody should live their life the way that I do, because again, this is my job. Right. And like I said a minute ago, I think most people, if you eat, you know, reasonably healthy and you're getting a good 20, 30 minutes of exercise in a day, you will be infinitely beyond the vast majority of the human race. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, that's a little bit different. For me, my job is a little bit different. So I typically break my routine into two sessions per day. Uh, usually about mid-morning, I'll do my first heavy training session of the day. That's usually more of a conditioning focus. Um, depending on the day, it can be anything from kettlebell to heavy road work to sprint intervals, just depending on what the routine is scheduled for that day. That usually runs from one and a half to two hours, including the warm-up and the cool-down, um, typically about 45 minutes really hard, um, and then you know, 15, 20 minutes of warm-up, cool-down type work. In addition to that, in my job as, as a professional martial artist, there's a very, very big focus on not allowing your strength to overcome your technique. You always want your strength, your conditioning to back up your technique. So for me, it's a good chance to kind of split it into two different sections where I can have one training session that focuses almost entirely on boosting my conditioning to the absolute highest level that I can achieve. And then in my second training session of the day, which is the longer one that usually runs probably about three, four hours, that's going to be more of a technique focus. Not that I'm not still getting a hard workout in, but it's going to be a lot more, you know, hitting high pads, you know, hitting mitts, sparring, rolling, wrestling drills, things that are going to be much more of a technique focus, even if they are done at a fast pace. So that's usually the way that I split it up most days. Okay. Okay. So my next question is, how can a uh, person who is not drawn to being active, all right, what can mm-hmm. what can be done to draw them in? How can they uh, motivate themselves to say, you know what, I'm going to start being active? You know, if you saw somebody or you had a close friend, they're like, listen, I just don't have the drive. I just don't have the motivation. What can I do? I just don't feel it. What would you tell them? A couple of ways that I would approach that. Um, one is more in terms of general motivation, and then two is in terms of more specific in terms of general motivation, you know, a lot of people may not necessarily feel that motivation, like you said, for themselves. For me, I try to think, who do I have in my life that I want to be able to spend time with? You know, whether it's, in my case, my, my wife and my children, as time goes by, I don't want to be what I see, sadly, all the time, where you see parents that kind of sit off to the side on the beach and watch their kids play and just kind of, they're a spectator in their own life. Right. And I don't ever want that to be me. I want to be able to be out there doing things, building memories and enjoying time with my kids. You know, if you're, you know, if you don't have kids, you know, I guarantee, you know, you have a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse. If you're single, I guarantee you have friends. There are people that you want to be able to enjoy life with. And a lot of people may not necessarily realize what they're missing out if they've never experienced it. But think, how many times are you sitting and watching instead of participating? Now, in terms of more specifics, like you said a minute ago, a lot of people have a lot of negative like associations when it comes to training or working out. Right. You know, it just it immediately kind of creates like almost a physiological negative reaction to those words. Like you said, think of it like play, not necessarily like you know this running on a treadmill for a half an hour is now fun. If you tell yourself it's fun, like no, you probably are not going to enjoy it. So right. let's find something that you do enjoy. You know, it doesn't have to be running on a treadmill for an hour. Maybe you find square dancing or rock climbing or a million different things that are get, get, going to get you active and moving. Try them. Just find different options that you can try, that you can build that sense of community, that you can build friendships with. I guarantee it'll make a huge, huge difference in, in your life instead of showing up by yourself, grinding through a half an hour of drudgery, hating every minute of it, and then walking <laughs> right. out having not really enjoyed a minute of it, you know? Right, 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 right. You know, uh, Obviously, for me, I believe hugely in martial arts for that reason, because I've seen how many lives have been changed by it, the friendships that have been built that kind of help people stay accountable, that they look forward to seeing their friends in class, getting a good workout in, and enjoying themselves along the way. So of course I'm a little bit biased, but you can find something like that. Right, right. You know, it's, it's, it just amazes me. I feel like the things that are negative we equate 
all mostly all the time was a good time. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going out, you know, uh, to the bar, the club, or whatever it is. You know, I mean, sure. I, I haven't done that in years, but um, <laughs> you right. know, but it's just it always amazes me the things that we equate to having a good time. Mostly, mostly, at least in popular society, seems to degenerate and uh, hurt the body than build it. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a lot of cases, yeah, yeah, you know, and a lot of the things that we're we're told that's going to help us, you know, it's like ah. You know, I don't really want to do that. Doctor says I have to do this and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, when did it turn that way? Because when we were younger, right. all we did was, well, I'll say some of us, some of us. You know, think, yeah, course, I, I agree. You know, especially with today. And I'm not I'm not downing any of you millennials. None of the not, not downing. I don't want you. I can hear. I can hear the the tuning. People starting to turn the dial. No, see, I'm dating myself. I said turn the dial. I can hear. People. I, know, I'm the dial, right? <laughs> I can see people now. Like I'm, I'm done with this podcast. But <laughs> the thing of it is, I'm saying is that I understand it's a different time. We have more technology. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. it feels that we're losing our our organic sense of being active. All right, yeah. getting out and doing things. Um, Caleb, one question, yeah. and this is something that uh, deals particularly with you being an athlete as well as a fighter. All right, uh, I have a. I talk to my friends all the time. All right, we're constantly uh, talking about athletes and what an athlete can do, what an athlete can't do, why they don't do this, why they don't do this, and I'm always being debated by people, and they're saying, you know, that what they think they know. And I've brought this up several times, which is what separates an athlete from a weekend warrior? You are an athlete. I've had coaches of professional athletes on the show. Please, I would like you to explain. You don't have to go in detail because I know we'd be here all day. Please, can you explain for individuals what makes an athlete? What is an athlete and separates them from a weekend warrior? What is the mindset? What carries that over? Well, there are a few different ways kind of that you can approach that, and that's definitely a very broad uh, topic of discussion. Definitely not something that everybody's going to agree with me on. Right. In my world, in the in the martial arts world, we use the terms uh, pro or I guess serious competitor right. versus a hobbyist. The same the same idea as a weekend warrior, a hobbyist. Now, I think sometimes people take that as a, a negative term or a pejorative term, mm-hmm. and I honestly I don't mean it that way. Maybe you know it's going to be taken that way. But when I say that somebody's a hobbyist, I'm respecting you for not being like the vast majority of the human race that's sitting on the couch every weekend or every evening, you know, eating junk food, watching TV, you know, playing on their phone, whatever. Right. So either one, in my opinion, is far, far better than the alternative. Once you get into the, okay, well, what makes a hobbyist a serious competitor or a serious athlete? But then it's more of a question of priorities, of degrees. But either one... Like being in either category is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Okay. It's not whether you want to be a hobbyist or a, or a serious athlete. It's are you doing anything active or not at all? Does that make sense? Yes, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Now, in terms of dividing those two up, back to the easiest way for me to kind of differentiate would be, like I said a minute ago, priorities. You know, somebody that's a hobbyist is probably going to come to class a couple of times a week Probably never, you know, compete. If they do compete, it's going to be like an occasional thing, just kind of for a personal challenge in like a, a low-level, like open grappling tournament against other hobbyists, not like uh, against high-level experts where there's, you know, some substantial amounts of money on the line, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, an athlete, I think, would make it kind of one of not necessarily the highest priority in your life. I mean, for me, I would say that my, you know, my faith, my family would be higher priorities than my career as an athlete. Right. But short of those couple of things, there's not a whole lot that would be a higher priority. Mm-hmm. So for me, most of the decisions that I make as far as my lifestyle and what I spend my time on, most of them, not all of them, but most of them would be related to what's going to further my career as an athlete. You know, not that I don't occasionally have, you know, some chicken wings and watch football on the weekend or something like that. Right. But it's not going to be a, a typical habit. Most meals are going to be reflections of my career. Most of the time, most of the decisions I make as far as how I choose to spend my time, it's all going to be kind of circling back to what's going to help me compete at a higher level. Right. So I think that would be how I would differentiate it. 
But again, I don't mean to imply that a hobbyist or a weekend warrior is a bad thing. I think that's a good thing, a very good thing. A common misconception you would like to clear up about fitness and health. If you you could just change it right off the bat, you know, if you could change everybody's minds, what would you? How would you do it? What, what was your? What would you target? What's the common misconception? Well, one that I hear a lot, and I guarantee that you've heard a lot as well, is the idea of genetics. That <laughs> well, I can't. You know, I'm just genetically predisposed to be overweight. Or this is just this is just how I was born. You know, this is the weight that I'm at. And there's nothing I can do about that. Right. That that really makes me sad because I know that people genuinely believe it. They have brought you know in a lot of cases they have grown up their entire life believing, you know, I'm a chubby kid. I'm a chubby adult. My parents were chubby. This is just the way that my life is. There's nothing I can do about it. And that is completely untrue. It's true in the sense that genetics will play a role. Some people are going to find that different foods, you know, are going to react a little bit differently. Some people are going to retain um, weight a little bit more easily. It's going to be different levels of challenge for different people. But you are not a slave to your genetics. You can decide. Some people, you may have to work a little bit harder. You know, I always brag about my wife. You know, she has some, you know, COPD and some different hormonal, Mm. you know, issues that do make it difficult for her to lose weight. She's also a black belt kickboxer and a CrossFit competitor. Right. She's chosen not to use her genetics as an excuse, and she's an incredible inspiration to me for that. And I can think of a million different examples of people along those lines where genetics, although they do play a role, are not the deciding factor in your life. Maybe you have to work a little bit harder than some people. Yeah, that sucks. It's not fair. Life goes on. Work harder. You'll be okay. Right, right. So I just want people to understand that they are not trapped in something that's outside of their control. I see too many parents that believe that and therefore they grow, they raise their kids to eat unhealthy, live a sedentary life and continue this vicious cycle. But that is a cycle that absolutely can be broken. You are not a slave to your genetics, no matter what they are. What do you think propagates uh, continues to help promote that? Because I feel like um, society helps to promote that. Why? Absolutely. Why? 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 Why does it do that? Why do you you think that it helps to promote that type of mindset? Because to me, that's right up there with when I hear people say, "Well, you got to die of, die of something." To me, that's a a losing mentality. Yes, why I agree. Do you think that that is there. Well, it's easy. It's comfortable. You know, it's it's human nature to want to excuse our own laziness. Mm-hmm. And again, just because I say I use the term laziness, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I am naturally lazy. Every single human being, we naturally seek kind of that equilibrium, that lowest level of what's comfortable. We have to fight that every day because it is going to be our natural tendency to be lazy. It's just the way that the human brain is wired. But again, just because that's our natural tendency doesn't mean that we have to surrender to that. Unfortunately, it's going to be, it's going to take some effort, but you know, it is what it is. And I will say, too, when it comes to what you were saying about, you know, everybody has to die of something, I've heard that, too. And honestly, that's not why I take care of my health the way that I do. Right. I mean, I've known people in fantastic shape that have a, you know, a brain aneurysm at 40. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how many years God's going to give me on this earth. But I want to live my life in a way that allows me to enjoy however many years that is. I'm not trying to live to 120. Who knows how long I'll live? You know, obviously, taking care of your health is going to... Uh, enhance the number of years that you tend to have. But for me, it's I want to enjoy that the years that I get, no matter how many they are. It's, it's about quality, not quantity necessarily. Definitely, definitely. Caleb, where where are you located? Where can people find you? Where can they uh, search you out to ask questions of you? You know, people that might be interested in uh, seeking your knowledge in uh, MMA, martial arts, all right, or just fitness questions. Where can people contact you? Well, I teach classes at the Renaissance Academy of Martial Arts, which is owned and run by head coach Jamie Ridgway. That is in Lynchburg, Virginia, the southwestern part of the state. So anybody who happens to be in that area, whether you're a resident or just passing through, you're always welcome to stop by, check us out. I'd love to meet you. Um, as far as people that are a little bit farther away, you can find me on social media, mostly on Instagram at Caleb McAllister Official. Um, I also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Caleb McAllister. I do a lot of online coaching and things along those lines. So any of those places would be good ways to get a hold of me. Caleb, 
we thank you for coming on to the Daily Fit Podcast. We would actually like you to um, come back for one of our segments, uh, possibly later in the year or uh, later in, in the next year. We have a segment called Dropping the Jewels, where it's basically uh, our listeners call, uh, send emails, call in, and they ask questions. And we would love it if you would come back to take part in that as well. I'd love to. It'd be an honor. Caleb, thank you for being on the podcast. We appreciate you greatly. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You're now tuned into the Day of the Podcast. Salutations and proclamations. It's Billy's number one son, aka the Body Alchemist, Sun Moon Bay, host of the Daily Fit Podcast, letting you know that you can now tune in from some of your favorite platforms. That's right, iTunes lovers, Google Play Music listeners, and Spotify addicts. Simply to tune in, go to the search section in your favorite platform and type in Daily Fit Podcast. We haven't forgotten about you too, YouTube lovers or SoundCloud floaters. It's the same thing. Go to your favorite app or platform and type in, in the search menu, De La Fit Podcast. We're back. De La Fit Podcast. Big shout out to mixed martial artists, Brazilian jiu-jitsu stylist and coach Caleb McAllister for coming to the show and spending his time and energy, which we all know is very precious. Um, we send a big shout out to you for coming to the show. We thank you and we're want to definitely have you back on the show to share more of your information and experience with our listeners out there um this is what we do here again 360 degrees of fitness and health that's how we view it that's how we promote this podcast it is to find the individuals that can help answer your questions and will help rejuvenate your spirit when it comes to being active you know um they recently just posted uh, I think it's the United States Federal Health Commission or something like that. I have to look just to confirm. But they are now pleading with people, you know, get some form of exercise at any cost. At any cost. You know what I mean? Wow. Check that out. They're, they're, they have made it sound as though it's a plea because, unfortunately, individuals are not getting enough exercise enough movement you know enough proper movement in their lives this is all the way down from children up so this is a it's it's becoming i should say it is an epidemic we talk about all the things going on out there we talk about opioid epidemic we talk about um all of the major problems that are going on in this world and one of the basic problems that we have right now is that none of us or excuse me i won't say none of us that's a faux pas that many of us are not getting the necessary amounts of exercise or movement that counts as exercise in a day you know we we are not meant to be sedentary the human body is a perpetual motion engine it is meant to move. That's where the old time statement, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's why we also have that statement, um, that which remains in motion, that which stays in motion remains in motion. I think I said that correctly. But it is imperative that we move, that we do the things necessary to help our bodies move. Because one thing is related to another. It's a domino effect. And trust me, I know everybody out there is like, please don't start preaching. I'm not preaching everybody. I'm not. Um, that's not what I'm trying to do. My goal as a physical trainer, as a coach, as a mentor is to help people, to motivate them to do it and have fun. I don't want anybody out there not having fun. Because if you're not going to have fun doing something, then you're not going to do it. You know, I, I had a conversation recently. I was taking an Uber ride and I was talking to a young man and he was taking me to the gym and he was saying, he said, oh, you going to the gym? I said, yeah. He said, that's cool. He said, I don't work out as much as I need to. He said, you know, I just play basketball and things like that. But he said, I, I, I need to really get back into it. I said, you mind if I ask you why? 
he said it's just not you know it's just not not fun it's just not something I want to do he said you know I mean once I get into it he made the statement you know I'll do it it's got to become a ritual with me I said oh all right I said well have you always been active he said yeah he said high school I played football ran track I did all these things he said I was very strong uh, I could squat a lot. I could do this. He said I was one of the strongest athletes on the team. He said, you know, I said, well, what is your what is your day to day like now? He said, I do a lot more sedentary work, you know, uh, driving. And, you know, I think he was saying he worked for a local phone company. And in him saying this, I saw that he wasn't really interested. But um, the, or I should really say. As a youth, he was active. It was fun. He That was actually his words. He said it was a lot of fun. But now, it has become a ritual. He's 28 years old. This is a 28-year-old man. And it has become a ritual that he needs to be active. And one of the things that he said, the reason why is because he's gotten heavier. The movement, the ease of movement isn't as easy as it used to be. Now, mind you, I looked at this guy, and we pretty much look to be similar in weight I'm 180 pounds and he said at his maximum when he was younger he was 160 so me looking at him I'm like all right so he's gained at least 20 pounds 20 to 25 pounds you know over a certain amount of years that's not a lot he didn't seem to be totally out of shape you know but he picked to do the activity that was most fun. And I told him, I said, you know, when it comes to a lot of the individuals I train, one of the things I try to do is I try to take out the words training and exercise. Training and um, uh, working out. I said, and I just replace it with playing. I said, that's why I'm asking you definitely, you know, what made you stop? And he said, you know what, you're right. You know, as you... You move those things out of the vocabulary, you just go and do it, you know, and that's what's needed. That is definitely what's needed when it comes to maintaining a healthy lifestyle. You know, as children, we don't think about we have to work out. We have to do this. Oh, you know, I need to get this in, you know, to keep my my blood pumping or I need to to uh, get these sets and build this muscle. We don't do that as, as children and, and neither as teenagers. Maybe now more so that there's more information available when it comes to certain sciences. And when I say sciences, I'm talking about things like bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, and, and there are more um, educated coaches out there and trainers that can help teach the youth so perhaps maybe now but as as a young person for me it was always just being active I remember um we used to have weight teams in our local neighborhoods you know you had your 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 OGs uh (laughs) for our listeners out there that might not know that our uh, OGs are basically the the older the elders in the community who had a lot of uh experience with weightlifting uh, for more or more reason others uh, than others, <clears throat> whether they had always lifted or they were um, that was just their lifestyle or they got into it incarcerated or at some point, you know, they that was just their lifestyle. Then you had your 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 young guys who were like for us at the time, they were like just about twenty five. 20 no they were like yeah it's 24 20 24 25 up to like 28 the young guy like the young guy's age I was just talking about and they were uh they would lift and then you had the guys like me and my friends who were like 17 18 19 20 22 you know and we lift and we were kind of looked at as the baby lifters you know <laughs> you know but the fun thing about it was that it was common it was a common thing, and we didn't look at it as though it was something we had to do. It was something we chose to do. It was something we wanted to do because, one, we wanted to look good. We wanted to be stronger. You know, we were athletes. That's how we basically looked at it. We were playing ball. We were playing football. We were playing baseball. We were playing 
uh, soccer, we were wrestling, boxing, uh, running track. You know, we were just athletic and we weightlifted because that's what you did. We did tons of calisthenics, not because that it was a movement like it is now, which is awesome, but because that's just what we did. That's how you maintained your physical strength. That's how you got built up to do martial arts and everything else. We didn't have it in our minds that one thing affected another or all these other things. It was just a normal lifestyle for us. Um, <clears throat> I also remember growing up seeing, excuse me, <clears throat> I also remember growing up and seeing young women always active, always active in our communities, especially here in the uh, urban community in Philadelphia. There was not one day I didn't see a young woman playing uh, jumping rope, playing basketball, running track, um, just active, active, an active lifestyle, a positive lifestyle for me. At the zenith, and, I, and I'm dating myself, everybody, and I'm trying not trying to go on a long lecture, but I'm dating myself when I say this. At one point in the 90s, yeah, like I said, I'm dating myself. It seemed that the entire community in which I grew up in and the entire, all the urban communities within Philadelphia, everybody was athletic. That's just how it was perceived, at least to me. Maybe it's just my opinion. It's just how I felt. It was a high amount of athletes or athletic people in growing up in our communities in North Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, West Philly, you know, um, and you just knew you just were active as a young person. As you got a little older, unfortunately, some of us stopped that maintenance of our bodies but it was you know geared to the fact of oh I have to work more you know I have to work more and um I recently ran into a a young man uh well he's a little older than me uh I still call him young man but I recently ran into a guy who was one of my uh my friends growing up and he helped me train for track and I was just looking at him and he was telling me some of the health problems he was going through based on life and how he couldn't maintain his physical body and he knew it was because he couldn't maintain it but um reasoning for him was basically he had been in a car accident but the conversation really revolved around the fact of he he knew he wouldn't be in the physical position I think he uh, was high blood pressure and um a a host of other things if he had remained active And that is one of the most important things when it comes to being fit. Understanding that our bodies are not meant to be sedentary. Yes, we have all types of wonderful technology. Make use of it. Make proper use of it. But it is to aid you in your ability to maintain your life. All right, enough of that. Not going on in any more tangents. I know all of you are just like, we didn't come on here just to listen to you talk we want to hear some more information from the other guests that's right coming up is dropping you know what time it is it's the dropping of the jewels and i've got another special guest with me he's been here before welcome vegan chef David Bay. David Bay, are you on the line? I am on the line, present and ready. All right, David, here's the question. All right, we're in the holiday season. Thanksgiving is next week, and the holidays are coming. You know, individuals are are ready to to engulf tons of calories and sweets and everything. I'm licking my lips right now. I can can taste them. All right, and... We've had some questions because individuals out there, you know, they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good this year. I'm on a plant-based diet. You know, I'm ready or I'm, I'm vegetarian or vegan. Well, the thing of it is, is that just want to shed some information because we've had some individuals who have been studying and, you know, researching and finding out the fact of, you know, well, some of these plant-based products that are out here aren't necessarily um, that healthy. So what can individuals do for this time of the year? What can, what should they watch out for uh, with 
uh, I guess it would be overly processed plant-based products, what should they pay attention to? I think the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the sodium content in the food. Um, you know, when the body is being uh, bombarded with, with sodium, it, it's, uh, it dehydrates you. Mm. Um, a lot of times we are trying to mimic our previous diets and we're like, all right, it tastes like, chews like, but it's, um, it could be actually unhealthy. Even though it's in the realm of vegetarian, vegan food, it's considered junk because it's one, it's not fresh, two, it's overly processed. It's not just the sodium, but it's other additives that are, you know, in the product that to create it, to create a form that, you know, is agreeable for most people. Um, and, and, and it has chemicals. The majority of those products have chemicals that are not naturally produced. So that means you're basically, in other words, you know, bombarding your body with like uh, artificial coloring, flavors, etc. Um, it actually starts to deplete your, your immune system, and dehydrates you and puts you more of an, um, and most people probably heard if they have not alkaline versus acidity. And these things, um, when you're in a more acid-based body, you're prone to immune deficiencies. Um, the alkaline keeps it balanced like a 7.0 and up keeps you in an alkaline. So basically, you should be looking at more freshly uh, produced foods. Mm. So it sounds kind of like what you're saying is the fact that even though these are plant-based, these are not very uh, – excuse me, they're not um, – animal byproduct based mm -hmm. foods that they still, if you're not paying attention, you can have the same effects or end up with the same effects from these uh, uh, supposedly or, or uh, plant-based products that are out here. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yes, yes. So with that being said, all right, you're saying one, watch the sodium content. All right. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to your alkalinity in your body. So, all right. What are some of the, the the things that individuals can do, or what should they look at? What type of products um, can they? Because cause again, it's the holiday season. We know individuals. Yes. You know, a lot of yes. them are like, well, yeah, but you know, uh, Aunt such and such makes this, and she or you know, Uncle such and brother, uh, whatever. <laughs> is, is gonna be fixing this, and he made it just for me, and I don't want to be rude. What should people uh, kind of be looking for as far as in between, you know, how much yeah. can they ingest, yeah. how much can they not? What's the balance of this? So this, you know, this is a very good uh, question because obviously, you know, someone in your family is taking the time to prepare a meal for you and they're putting their love into it. So you don't want to just be like, oh, no, I'm not going to eat that. Get out um, of here. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is it is rude. But, I mean, I think the first thing, first things first, I mean, if you have some diet restrictions or, or dietary requirements, you know, you want to make sure that it wasn't, you know, cooked with chicken, chicken right. broth or something like that. You know, right. I think that's probably obvious. Um, if the person went out and bought a product and they said, hey, I bought this vegan patty and I made you this, you know, casserole, um, then, you, you know, we're not going to be the vegan police or vegetarian police and say, hey, don't eat it at all because it's got processed. Listen, if, if processed food is not a thing that you're eating every day, you know, um, seven days a week, then it doesn't hit you so hard as you really enjoy it in that one setting. I do do recommend that you hydrate um, so that you have good movement um, later on. Um, but let's say if you're fixing your plate, then you want to be moderate. You know, you don't want to overeating it causes other issues, but you want to eat uh, in a, you know, according to what is nutritious for you and also what makes sense. Like, you know, you're going to overstuff yourself and you're in the corner you know, slobbering. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like you couldn't help yourself. You can actually, if you if you enjoyed the meal, pack it up, take it, take it with you. I would say portion-wise, um, you know, that kind of depends on each person's body size and, and their requirements. If you're an athletic person, um, you probably uh, need to check the calorie count to see if you're in between that 2,000, 5,000 calorie count because you're actively going to burn it off. If you're not what they call a sedentary person who's not, working out, um, doesn't really walk or do any movement, then that person should be actually more aware of the calorie count. And, I mean, if you can just do simple measures, if, um, you know, there's going to be mac and cheese or, you know, vegan mac and cheese or even for vegetarians because vegetarians do do dairy. Um, you can just do a quick 
um, uh, search online to see what the calorie count is and just kind of measure it out. All right, I'm not going to, you know, go overboard. So that's a good way to measure, kind of just get an idea. Um, does that make sense? That, that makes a lot of sense. And basically mm-hmm. it seems like you're still saying to keep that that balance, um, and making sure that you're getting the fresh vegetables, fresh fruits. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, the natural thing is always staying hydrated because especially during these times, you know, it's cold. We just had our first winter storm. Ha, <sighs> sad time. <laughs> so, you know, um, and making sure that uh, because it gets cold, we don't hydrate as much anyway. It's true. So it's true. You're, basically, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. What are some recommendations of possibly um, products that you like to use? You know, even though, you know, I know, again, you know, I was saying, you know, keeping, keeping, you know, the fresh fruits, fresh veggies, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But what are some products that you are you're like, you know, what, occasionally I like to dabble in this or I might use this and, you know, yes. some, you know, a little, uh, I guess they would call it a cheap meal <laughs> within it. You know, what are some of the products that you, you might give a recommendation to? This is, um... Well, I, I do occasionally use a um a seitan or wheat gluten products um uh from time to time. Um they're prepackaged. Uh I happen to get them since I'm here in Philadelphia, I happen to get them from a uh Asian market. Um they get stores like H Mart. I don't know how far they are nationally, but H Mart usually carries these products. Mm-hmm. Um so they call natured soy. And they have one that's like, uh, they call veggie chicken. Um, it's a good product. Um, I've had good results. I think I use it, um, in, uh, my cooking preparations, uh, basically every week. And I occasionally, of course, I'm eating in the food. So it has, uh, that's pretty much once time, one time a week. Right. Um, I, I highly recommend that product because it's, uh, versatile. Most people that I serve who are not actually vegetarian or vegan, um, they're, they're in love with it. They're just like, this is incredible. This is delicious. Right. Um, uh, you can actually go to the I mean, if someone is actually a cook, they can actually make their own wheat gluten. They can go online and get on YouTube and, and learn about the process. I know Samoon, uh, you, you produce it yourself, and you're like, hey, this is not that difficult. Just, Very true. Very true. Just put the time in. So making yourself actually kind of is the best way. Um, but you can get, like, uh these types of products. I know, like, for instance, um, uh, Whole Foods has a series of products uh, that are prepackaged things. Um, and uh, there's, what's the other store? Uh, Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. which is, a you know, has a better price point. They have a, so, a small selection. Um, like, I think it was like Light Life is one of the product uh, brands. Um, they have just a few products there, but those are good. So they have ones for, like, sausages or someone baking, like, so um, some type of Italian dish they can have, like the sausage uh, uh, product. Um, and again, you know, check the sodium content. I don't usually use those products that often because I'm not. I'm usually trying to cook from a. Uh, I should say my overall recipes. Right. Um, but if someone made a recommend, I mean, asked for a recommendation, I would say, yeah, you know, if you know, you're not eating this every day, then you should be good. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Now, a quick question. Now we've heard countlessly, especially in the fitness world, you know, everybody's like soy, soy. Everybody has this, you know, thought pattern of soy. Um yeah. of our individuals who are not, you know, uh, who are have may have uh problems with gluten and things yes. of that nature, may have celiac disease, with you know, they mm-hmm. might be they might say, Well, I want to use soy but I don't like the taste or you know, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, I've heard things about uh soy. If you're an athlete, uh and you're a um, a man, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them say, Oh, it it, it, it Feminizes you. I think that's the that's what they uh, say. You know. Yeah, they touch that. Uh, the boost your, uh, yeah, the uh, estrogen. lowers your estrogen. It's high in estrogen, low in lowers your right. testosterone. So what is yes. the, the the truth about this? As far as that, should we stay away from it? Should we add it? What what's the thing? Of that? So uh, I'll make this quick because I think people should do research and not. Uh, I think a lot of times people go by. Um, what I heard such and such. I hear this a lot. I hear people say, I heard so and so that this person said such and such. I said, I would first encourage people to go in and do more research. Um, there is an overall phenomenon happening on the planet where there's more estrogen in the environment. So it's not just the soy, it's just in the environment itself. Um, 
And um, scientists have been looking at you and go and search this really quick, you know, estrogen research and just get the, uh, the follow up. Um, there's an increase of estrogen. And I think it was a, 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 a scientist coming out of uh, London who did a, a, a small documentary saying that they noticed across in the water, plant life, animal in an animal kingdom, there's an increase of estrogen, and they don't know why. They're trying to figure out where what's the source. They don't know whether it's human caused by human or it's natural causing. It's just some balance in the world. It's they're still coming into some realization. That, now with soy. Um, now, this is a very interesting thing because it's like soy is overproduced, meaning it's like highly manufactured. It's not just for tofu. It's being produced for other products, paints, right. um, uh, plastics, uh, all, you know, animal foods, um, uh, foods for human beings. Um, it's used in, uh, used the oil is being used, so it's it's actually overly processed, meaning that it's a, it's machined. Um, most people will recommend that you go to an organic source for like your, like a tofu product because there it doesn't have the uh, the GMOs that are not genetically modified organisms or that uh, that changes the author or the structure of the actual natural being itself. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the phenomena that we're having here in the U.S. aren't as as prevalent in uh, Asia. Whereas these are nations have been producing tofu for for several years, and they haven't like deviated from their process, so they don't have the same like this more quality product. Um, during my travels, I noticed that tofu, my reaction to tofu that, that I had here in the U.S. because they're not putting high, you know, much of a calcium chloride in it to coagulate the product. So it's more, it's not. Um, that's heavy. So a lot of times people are having uh, reactions to the actual chemical process and the GMOs uh, that are involved in making of the products. So again, so again, it's, it's, it's basically again, like you said, doing the research and then coming back to the to the understanding of the fact that there's other things involved. It's not soy itself. It's other things mm-hmm. dealing with that. You know that, right. that make up these quote unquote air quotes phenomenons that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David, thank you so much for joining us again. We're glad that you're here for the segment. You know, thank everybody, you. as always, David, share where people can find you, ask you information. You know, contact you, tweet you, whatever it is that yes. people do now. <laughs> yes, I can be easily found by just typing in agent say agent B E Y and I'll pop up any basically all the uh, social medias. But if you want to like jump on uh, Instagram, it's agent bay underscore joy. Um, uh, I'm checking it often, so you can definitely uh, get in touch with me if you got questions, specific questions. Uh, if you're looking for recipes and just trying to figure out how to get into it or bring a dish to your family, because sometimes that's a good opportunity to uh, introduce uh, uh, better eating lifestyle for your family. Bring, bring some dishes to, to the gatherings. David, always a pleasure. Thank you. just want to give a shout out to all the listeners who uh, come to us with questions and uh, all of the individuals who have been guests on our show, uh, Mr. Caleb McAllister, uh, David Bay. Uh, we appreciate you all greatly. We appreciate your energy, your time, and your passion because truly you don't do any of the things that any of the individuals who have been on this podcast do without passion, without love for what it is that you truly want to do, without a love for wanting to help people, without a love for yourself, for your family, and for whatever it is that you're involved in. So we greatly appreciate you for being on the podcast. And this is another reason why you always hear in the beginning why I'm saying uh, we together create the Day Life Fit podcast because there's no podcast without the listeners there's no podcast without the guests there's no podcast without human beings we need each other each one teach one and the great big human village which is the world uh again as always 
if you have any comments, if you want us to talk on any topics, please hit us up. Email us at daylightfit13 at gmail.com. Or you can find us now on our newly refurbished Facebook page. Just type in Dayla Fit Podcast. Uh, we are there. We've got uh, all types of information coming to that and being shared from that. We can also be found on Instagram at day underscore lie underscore fitness podcast. Oh, fit podcast. <laughs> pardon me. Um, but please make yourselves known to us and we will make ourselves known to you. Ask us questions. That's why we're here. And please, we thrive on communication from you all out there. That's how we have a podcast. That's how we're able to get the best people here. As always, please be 360 degrees healthy because 360 degrees is you. Peace. You're now tuned into the Daylight Fit Podcast.